great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of rams brothers the pod i'm your host dean and i'm joined as always by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show nick and nick training camp is over the Rams released their 2023 depth chart. We have football on Saturday, real football, uh, kind of. But first and most importantly, how are you? Good. Where do you think preseason ranks in like USFL, XFL preseason? Preseason's all the way at the top. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I, I tuned into the Hall of Fame game to watch Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and the play calling and, and Rob Salen, all the, the angles that are coming out of that camp. And obviously there's Hard Knocks that's debuting as we're kind of segueing off of our most recent conversation where we were talking about how much good off-season content there is. So like that to me is always going to be more interesting. It's always going to draw more eyeballs, especially when it, it talks about um, and features a high-profile first-round draft pick like Zach Wilson. Yeah. He was a second overall draft pick. So it's always going to be preseason unless there's like a high-caliber player in the USFL or the, the Arena Football League that you know everybody wants to watch, like a Johnny Football. Right, yeah. I am going to buy a bunch of brown stock right now because I just think that they have the chance to really be like a like a completely out of nowhere number one seed this year in the AFC. So really, from last to first in the division. First of all, where where does that come from? A minute and a half into the podcast, and <laughs> second of all, why? Um, well, I mean, you you have Deshaun Watson for a full year, who when he was on the Texans top five QB in the entire league and all these top 10 lists, nobody wants to put them in it. And I, I understand why you don't want to have them in the conversation. Um, their defense looks really good from that preseason game. They have a lot of like, you know, heavy hitters and Joe Burrow just went down. That division is wide open. I mean, yeah, I don't know if he's, I don't think Lamar he's Jackson, you know, he's probably going to do his thing as well. But I, I think the Browns have a chance to really, really be a exciting. I have the least confidence in them. I think that coach could go somewhere else and, and, and be successful, but that division is extremely difficult. I don't have any faith in the Cleveland Browns. I don't even know where that comes from in the beginning of the podcast. Well, just preseason. They came, I, I turned that game on, and I was like, oh, my God, the Jets. Look at the Jets. And then How about the Rams? Because it's preseason. You don't watch a full preseason game. I mean, unless it's the Rams, which I probably will watch the full thing Saturday. Um and I, I like I checked the score. And I'm like, oh my god, the Browns won. I watched the highlights, and I was like, damn, you know, that's inspiring. Hey, what's Rams Chargers? You're the one who has the Rams Chargers uh, historic preseason record in your back pocket. Can you refresh us on what that is? I don't think the Rams have ever beaten the Chargers in preseason. That's okay. I'm almost positive. We're not looking for wins. We're looking for young talent to be developed live in these games coming out of training camp. We're looking for some of the position battles. To, uh, to to obviously reveal themselves, for, for right. somebody to emerge, whether it's a young player, whether it's somebody that's been within the system for a couple of years. And then also outside of that, right, we 
have the uh, the depth chart being released, right? So we, we had a conversation about the 53-man depth chart, what that's going to look like, um, some of the position battles within that depth chart. But then, you know, who are you going to see within this preseason game? Who are you going to see some of the backups? You're going to see some of the third string, fourth string guys, special teams. At least you can get a feel for how that unit is going to perform uh, going into 2023. But I think for the most part, like starting right off at the top, like the Rams' training camp, as it wrapped up yesterday, seems like Sean McVay just right off the top seems like he's extremely encouraged. And it came out via the, of Brian Clark's uh, The Pivot podcast that he Amazing seems like he's podcast. committed. Yeah. Amazing podcast. He's committed long term. He's committed to resetting after initially considering retirement roughly six months ago. And he said it last year. It was so real that, you know, that kind of reset needs to happen just so that he could be able to put the kind of foundations he wants in place so that he can instill the type of vibe he wants for his players and so that he could have a legitimate plan, not only to end the season going into the offseason, but then going into the following season with how he wants to construct his roster and how he wants to go about the game schematically. And I think after you just kind of start to lose control a little bit in 2022 and everything kind of starts to unfold, you're obviously going to reconsider those things and consider some of the other options that are on the table, like being a broadcaster. But I like I didn't feel like he ever had an appreciation for the success that he had, considering how hard and fast it was and considering how young he was. He came out and said the exact same thing, but he took a step back. He reset his mind and he said he's there's no consideration of, of retirement in the near future for right now. So you're all in as a head coach. You're optimistic about some of the approaches, modeling the way, some of the methodologies that they're instilling into this team and into some of the older and younger players that are on the roster. I'm encouraged as a team that was second to last in the division who's playing a third-place schedule. Speaking of the Cleveland Browns, this is going to be a team that I feel like is going to be a force to reckon with just – based on the schedule, based on some of the young talent and some of the new things that they're going to be able to roll out schematically. Yeah. And just to kind of talk on uh, Sean McVay and like kind of what he said in the Pivot podcast. <laughs> You're going to say just to talk on Deshaun Watson for a second. No, <laughs> I was about no. to lose my mind. Go ahead. Say what you are going to say. I, I just separate the art from the artists on that one. <laughs> um, but Sean McVay, uh, I feel like last year we actually saw – the human side of him because yep. he has very much been almost like a robot and like an aggressive robot, but for him to like, you know, almost like contemplate his uh, mortality in the sense of you set out a goal, you achieve this impossible goal in your life. And then you're supposed to continue on with your life when really that's like kind of the end, like, yeah. like in your mind, you're like, you do the impossible thing and you're like, okay, I did it. It's done. Like now I, you know, I can kind of rest, but that's not how life works. And just to kind of see him go through that very human experience and now come back on the other side and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad I reached that point. So now I can come back to what I like, you know, doing what I love, which yeah. is similar to kind of the post 2018 Sean McVay who lost the Super Bowl. And then, you know, gets a whole new appreciation of like, okay, I've reached this mountaintop and now I have to climb it again. And that's the fun. That's the beauty. And once you start to realize that, you know, you can kind of start to have fun again. And I think that's a lot of what I'm hearing from, from the camp, from JD and from all these podcasts is that the Rams are from Whitworth. They're having fun right now, which yep. is yep. something that you love to hear, especially with a bunch of uh, new guys. 
Yeah, it's reminiscent of the previous years. And I think for the most part, like some of these good things that are coming out of training camp, like have to do with McVay's new refreshed mindset. And, uh, you know, they come out of training camp for the most part healthy. Obviously, there's the Cooper Cup hamstring injury and a couple of other ticky tack injuries along the way. But maybe that's that's due to just, you know, skewing the roster a little bit younger. It's it's due to a longer offseason, a little bit more of a mental rest, a physical rest, a healthier mindset, you know, tweaking workloads for some of the players that are coming off of, of injuries and veteran rest days and just some of the refined approaches that they're able to carry year over year to continue with the health of the players, to continue to be able to instill some of these really, really smart and I think committed mindsets and methodologies that they just build into their everyday work. So I think for the most part, overwhelmingly encouraging coming out of this training camp. The fact that you had injuries on Cooper Cup, obviously, is, is one that we're going to have to monitor over the next couple of weeks. But uh, there's Darion Kendrick who had a hamstring injury. Hunter Long had a groin injury. Davis Allen had a hamstring injury. They're all dealing with those soft tissue injuries, and they're all finicky, and it's holding them out as precaution. And they ended up missing the entire Irvine camp, which is a little bit upsetting, but they're all players that we feel like are going to get some legitimate reps this season. And then Havenstein had a neck strain. Robert Rochelle was dealing with an ankle. Ben Skronik with a back injury. And Warren McClendon was dealing with a slight right knee injury. And same with Oshawan Mathis. But all five of those guys ended camp in Irvine on the field. So, I mean, when you talk about just like major season impacting injuries, similar to the Jalen Ramsey meniscus tear that they're dealing with in Miami, and we're closely tracking Jalen Ramsey as he goes day to day through his rehab. Those are the kind of injuries that set your team back holistically. And they're the kind of pieces that you need to be able to get over the hump in difficult playoff spots and difficult scenarios late in games. Um, so just the health of the core, Matthew Stafford looks like he's so much healthier. Aaron Donald's body just physically looks bigger, stronger, faster. And now that they're instilling some of those, uh, some of those tactics schematically where they're going to double, triple team him, like those are all just kind of getting him ready for the season. And it just feels like that there's a ton of optimism in the building and it's geared with the right energy in the right directions. Yeah. Matthew Stafford saying he likes his job again. Because for the last two years, it was like, you know, hurting his body and it was not fun to work. And now I feel like I like, you know, like my job again. I was like, two years, not just last year. Like for two years, it's been hurting, you know, when you won the Super Bowl. Like, I think oh my last, last year had to be particularly difficult because he had the injury that was related to his spine. There was a spinal contusion. So he lost feeling in part of his body. Plus, then right. you layer on the, the uh, two attacks heart i think that the whole family was just concerned over his longevity in the league and just for the future of his him being a father you know those kind of things yeah. are all being contemplated in that time yeah and then that led to the whole you know rams are shopping stafford and all this yeah stuff. yeah which i mean that's why it feels like it's been an overwhelmingly long offseason and i couldn't be more excited oh it feels like it probably the longest in quite some time because the season was over by like week 10 last year so Right. That's exactly how I feel. It's like it, it just feels like everything is moving a little bit quicker now, but beforehand it felt like everything was moving slowly. We're creating episodes about gambling and everything else in between. But now that the depth chart is released, Nick, <laughs> and gambling is it ever going to be legal in California? You probably know better than I would. No, never. never. <laughs> Not with oh, it would help with the taxes. It, it sure would. Uh, the depth chart is released. 42 players on offense, 44 players on defense, and three special teamers right now. There's 89 total players on the roster right now. 
So they have to cut down four players by August 16th, which is a week from today, to get down to 85 players on their roster because they're at 89 right now. And then a week from 816, which is the 23rd of August, they have to go down to 80 players. And then finally on August 30th, they have to trim their final roster down to 53 players. And if you're confused with how the Rams' depth chart is laid out, it's specifically because whoever put the depth chart together thinks that the Rams are still running Wade Phillips's historically great 3-4 base defense. So let me see if I can pull up the Rams' 2023 depth chart. Right now we can go through any call-outs and surprises that we noticed as we were looking through the latest and greatest. Nick, sound good? Yeah. Don't even employ Wade Phillips' son anymore. Yeah, we have that's more, more Wes, Phillips. Wes Phillips is hanging around with Kevin O'Connell in yeah. the Vikings war room trying to scheme up a game plan for Brandon Powell. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. It's got to be difficult. It's not uh, good enough to win it all. Jefferson. Let me go ahead and share my screen. Okay, Rams's first unofficial depth chart. Okay, so here's what we're looking at. So if you just kind of go um, one by one down the line, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit overwhelming, but I think the, some of the position battles is what we want to focus on, Nick. I think some of the position battles between Joe Nopum, Alaric Jackson, Brian Allen, and Coleman Shelton, like those are all conversations that we've been consistently having over the past couple of weeks. But Alaric Jackson, I feel like he's the guy that's the most stable in that position. He showed the most throughout last year, showed the willingness to be able to earn that position. And Joe Nopum, we're hearing, is shuffling around a little bit. They're playing him a little bit at right guard to see where you can get the most out of him, to see where he can be the most efficient. And I think that that's the goal in the exercise of the Rams' offensive line right now is how can you plug and play five or six really talented players into positions to where they could all be successful and work off of one another as one consistent, holistic unit with continuity, right? So that's going to be the difficult part. Brian Allen, Coleman Shelton, does the loser go to right guard? It seems like it's Trayman Akram right now who's earning that starting right guard job. Um and then you, you know you look at some of the receivers, which I think is really interesting because Tutu Atwell is currently wide receiver three, which is the Z spot in the Rams' offense where Braden Cooks, where Deshaun Jackson and, and others have historically done a ton of damage with Puka Nakua behind him, right? And then there's Ben Skoranek behind Cooper Cup in the slot as the Joker player, whatever you want to refer to him as. And you feel that he has the same type of versatility in terms, in, in terms of some of that pre-snap alignment stuff and being a mismatch in size. So that match, I feel like, is perfect just in terms of the depth chart slotting. And then there's Demarcus Robinson, who's listed behind Van Jefferson as the X. Can the two combined be OBJ in the Super Bowl, please? That's the kind of <laughs> contribution you need from those two guys at that position. Hopefully, Buying Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson stock. Now is the time. Buy all the Van Jefferson stock. You know what? It seems like he had a couple of veteran days off throughout training camp. And I think that he's one of those guys that you kind of want to monitor, right? Because he missed some time last year. A day-to-day -day injury ended up in surgery, which he missed like six to eight weeks at some point. So I feel like the health of some players, guys like Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, Joe Noboom, Logan Bruss, Brian Allen, Jordan Fuller, some of the guys that got vet rest days and were all practicing for the majority of camp is an encouraging sign. So yeah, Nick, I agree with you entirely buy stock in Van Jefferson in hopes that you're going to be able to uh, to get in a thousand yard season and hopefully a really solid second contract out. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's going to happen. I'd be, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. I think you, you have to have a year from one of these guys, especially just, you know, you got to cross your fingers on Cooper cup, especially 
because you know he's not even practicing right now. Right, right. You just and you have to hope, hope that some of those, yes, yeah, some of but those yeah. lower lower body injuries can lead to a larger injury. It does happen. Right, and just hoping and praying that some of these other guys are going to step up. And my money is on Ben. Yeah, amongst all of the players that are on this list, I also have a big, big green circle on Kyron Williams, who every everything from camp, all reports are saying that Kyron Williams is a much, much improved pass catcher out of the backfield, which to me is going to be a really, really important dynamic uh, player that's going to be able to con- contribute to this offense in a big way if they're able to be consistent. So I, that to me is, is a player that I have circled. Um, and Ronnie Rivers, Royce Freeman, and Zach Evans are all a little bit lower on the depth chart, so you're going to see a ton of them in the preseason. And then if you just kind of look at the defense, you kind of got some of the same situations brewing um, with the Rams' defense, right, and some of the guys up front. And this is what I talked about with Wade Phillips' 3-4 defense. You got four starting linebackers and three guys starting up front. So um, you're looking at Marquise Copeland or Ernest Brown and then Bobby Brown or Kobe Turner. So when you look at potentially some of the, the preseason stuff and who you're going to expect to see up front, you know, you're going to see guys like TJ Carter, Laurel Merchinson, Dejuan Johnson, Troy Vincent's son, um, some of those other guys, Van Valkenburg, Keir Thomas, Oshawan Mathis, if he's healthy, Nick Hampton, Daniel Hardy. You're going to see all of those guys rotating within the front, I think, early on. But then you're going to see guys like Byron Young and Michael Hoyt as potential starters who are going to be held out. So to me, the identifier is who the starters are are the guys that are held out in preseason. So that seems pretty obvious with the way that the Rams have operated over the past couple of years. But Michael Hoyt and Byron Young, and then whatever rotation comes after them, whether it's Daniel Hardy and Nick Hampton or Daniel Hardy and Keir Thomas or Nick Hampton and Keir Thomas, you'll see a little bit from them. And then, you know, you'll see a little bit more from some of the other guys that are further back in the depth chart. But I think for the most part, first and second team, if you just collaborate all of those players on offense and defense, you're going to be able to scale them back to 53. It's just a matter of finding some of those guys in the third and fourth tier, like the Lance McCutcheons from last year, that are really going to be able to contribute and give some of these guys a run for their money. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, for the preseason game, just to see, you know, the first couple snaps, who's going to get in there. Yeah, I mean, guys like Trey Tomlinson, we were so excited about him in the draft. That could be a player that gets a ton of snaps in the preseason and and shows to be a successful player in a certain sub package in a specific scheme that Ra likes to run. There's Robert Rochelnik, who's I think he's a fourth year player at this point. It's not going to be coming back, but could get potential valuable snaps in this defense with Aubrey Pleasant coming back, maybe help to refine his skill set and some of his techniques. Maybe he could be a successful player in this defense as a depth guy. Um, so there's, you know, Jay Cummels, like a really good special teams player that you're going to see play a ton of linebacker. And Jonah Williams and some of these guys that have been on the roster for a little bit, Laurel Merchantson, some of these guys that have been around for a little bit. Um, and that's what's I think is going to be exciting about the preseason is like you're going to see some of these faces rotating in and you'll get a feel for, you know, who some of Aaron Donald's confidants are going to be when it, it's crunch time. Yeah, because it's not going to be Gaines anymore. Gaines is gone. Gaines went with Baker. That's what I'm saying. You have to find who's going to be the next Greg Gaines, who's going to be the next Ashawn Robinson. And to me, right now, I'm a Right, right. And to me, right now, who are those players going to be? It's a battle of Marquise Copeland and Ernest Brown, and then Bobby Brown and Kobe Turner. So you could see the two Browns up front rotating in with Aaron Donald in Wade Phillips' 3 4 defense, or you could see uh, 
you know, just a plethora of guys rotating. It depends on the sub package. It depends on the, the down and distance, right? It depends on the personnel grouping. So you're going to see plenty of guys rotate in on the front and then on the back end as well. I think what's really interesting about the secondary is Jordan, uh, I was going to say Jordan Fuller, John Johnson's back. I mean, that's, that's the excitement that we haven't even really celebrated yet is you're going to see a little bit of Jordan Fuller and John Johnson potentially as your two starting safeties. Right now it's Russ Yeast, right? So you're going to see a little bit of Russ Yeast in the preseason. That to me would be an identifier that George, John Johnson is going to be potentially the starter, right? And then there's Richard LeCount and Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor is a guy and, and Quinton Lake is another guy who I feel like can be dime linebackers in some of those sub packages that they run when they're not in the nickel. And they need to have an extra defensive back on the field to get to six. So, you know, some of those hybrid, like, you know, those, those linebackers that are a six defensive back, like a Taylor Rapp or a Mark Barron going back to like 2016, 2017, you know, they haven't had a ton of talent in that position. So I feel like now they have a couple of players that they could rotate in at that spot. Yeah. Just a quick shout out, John Johnson, come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Do the old little. Can we get one of those, please? Chop a style. Oh my god! I think he's had I, like I, I, that. Twenty. I think he has more team. interceptions in his Rams career than Ramsey ever had. Not that Ramsey was ever like that kind of player, but still, and he's kind of you know worth I noting. Say, I want to say just because it was just tweeted by Roberto Clemente on Twitter, not the real Roberto, Roberto Clemente, but the one <laughs> that is a fan of the Rams. <laughs> uh, I think it went um, Jalen Ramsey at ten interceptions, Troy Hill at nine. And then John Johnson at eight. Oh, so, so I, I got I the think, order completely mixed up. That's okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rams fans, and you remember. I think no, I think I, I think you're right, but I believe that that's correct. I'm not 100 percent sure. So, like the depth chart exercise, Nick, I think is really fun. I, I think that um, you can kind of go through it, and we'll do that in the next couple of weeks. Is just kind of go through similar to how we did, you know, weeks prior, and try to pick out the top 53 players. And this, a lot of this will be based on who performs well in the preseason. Because some of these, the starting offense, at least, for the Rams in 2023 in the preseason, led by potentially Stetson Bennett, Nick, I think is going to be much more enjoyable to watch for, for you versus watching John Wolford, watching Bryce Perkins and those kind of players. Well, you have to think Stetson Bennett at this point in his career, which is crazy to say, but he should be able to start for the NFL um, somewhere, I would think. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe he's like 34, 35. I think he's still. like, you know, in the Gardner Minshew, like first up type of backup category. Yeah, but he exactly. depends on how he yeah. plays when, you know, in, in real time. Yeah. It reminds me of that clip from John Gruden where he's reading the playback to Chris Sims. And he's like, Y32 XC4 flat. And he like, he can't get the play. And like, it's just because that's what's happening with Stenson Bennett right now is a lot of his successes are coming on off scripted plays where things aren't happening or he's not going through his progressions correctly, or he's not following the off ball linebacker or his eyes aren't reading the field. Like there's so many different things that could happen obviously to a quarterback. Um, so I wonder if he's getting uh, if McVay is getting a uh, golf flashbacks to like young Jarrett when he wasn't really understanding things. I'm um, sure, but it's, that has to be a way that's making him a better coach. Since he's yeah, been through it before, I right? so. but I mean, the Chargers have such a good defense. I'm like, I'm. It's preseason. You don't care if the Rams get a win or not at all. Um, but still, to see Stenson go up against the first reps of whoever the Chargers have will be very telling um, because there could be an op- there could be a chance where he looks really bad. 
which would be terrible. But right. I'm really, really interested to see the first like 20 minutes of this game. And if I didn't yeah. have plans, I probably would be going. Well, I mean, you think about the starting the starting uh, 11 players. If you're in you know 11 personnel, this is essentially what you're going to be looking at: quarterback Stetson Bennett, running back Kyron Williams, receivers Lance McCutcheon, Tyler Johnson, Austin Trammell, tight ends Bryson Hopkins, uh, Kalinchich, and Sims and McDonald with uh, Hunter Long and uh, Davis Allen currently battling injuries. Uh, AJ Curie potentially going to start at left tackle. Sean McGinn. Could potentially start at left guard. Mike McAllister, undrafted player, starting at center. Right tackle or right guard, Zach Thomas. Right tackle, Warren McClendon. Is he healthy enough to start? Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, question marks. But I, you know, in terms of the depth and rounding out your full 53-man roster, you want a player that's going to be consistent and sound. Players that could highlight in these kind of positions could and may feature players like Warren McClendon, Mike McAllister, Bryson Hopkins, Tyler Johnson. Right, like these are kind of some of the guys that you have your eyes on, in hopes that you can see um, something that you know looks and resembles like an offense that could be making strides in 2023. Yeah, particularly I think that the tight ends, because you know Stenson's going to be if the play designs aren't you know going the way that he wants. I feel like the unscripted play will probably be a dump off to the tight end. So yeah, we'll see how it is with uh, Hopkins. I'm upset that Hunter Long and Davis Allen are both hurt, right? Because it's the guy you essentially traded Jalen Ramsey for. Uh, not obviously not a one-to-one trade, uh, and the salary dump was involved and helped with the salary cap for next year. But there's Hunter Long, who everybody wants to be successful on this team because of the player he was traded for, and then there's Davis Allen, who's the rookie who was drafted, who is currently dealing with a hamstring injury. And you don't like when young players deal with hamstring injuries, but it does happen earlier on in camp. Hopefully he can get that to a place where he could be a reliable target for Stenson Bennett because to me it was Hopkins and Hunter Long and Davis Allen were going to be his three primary targets. You can look at guys like Braxton Burmeister and Austin Trammell and Tyler Johnson as receivers, but you know, to me it's going to be foundationally just reliant as a young quarterback on a tight end to be able to get your offense going. Yeah, 100%. So, so yeah, I'm excited. Saturday, we got Rams football, baby. We got Rams football on Saturday. We got Rams Chargers football in SoFi. Do you know who the home team is by any chance? No. Um, my guess is, I think it's I think it's the Rams because I think their next two games are away. I think it's Vegas and then Denver. Yeah, that's a good call. And then they have two of those those scrimmages that they're going to be hosting. I think Denver and the Raiders are those two others. So also outside of the Cup news. Um, everything I'm hearing from Rams training camp is that people are having fun and having a good time and nobody's injured and everybody's healthy, where I feel like every other team, it's some kind of negative thing. Uh, I cannot stop seeing enough negative stuff about Dak Prescott and Danny Dimes just throwing all these interceptions. I'm like, what's up with the NFC East? Like, why can't these guys get it together? Cardinals look like a total crapshoot. Um, and then apparently the Lions, Goff is playing the best he's ever been, which is all the reports. <laughs> now, well, we all know that there's no direct correlation between how your performance in training camp and how you perform. The I know. Like, but people want to act like it's, it's like, you know. It is great, though, to see that there have been limited injuries. And if there are injuries, there, there are limited turnaround times in, in terms of being able to get back on the field. Um, and I, I feel like the head coach is all in again. I feel like he's ready to, like, go through the next three-year window with a helmet on and leading the charge coming out of the tunnel and the most energy he's ever had in his career. Yeah. So it should be great. It should be a really fun year, no matter what. 
and we'll be here some, some, along the way. Just another 100 reasons to uh, to love the new regime, even if you don't love the rebrand, you, know, you don't love some of the players on the roster, some of the decisions that have been made. At least you can appreciate the fact that they are consistently trying to be a great team. And yeah, we haven't always had that in this generation of Rams. So make sure before you guys go that you... Hit the like, subscribe button. We need all the help that we can get. Okay. Support the Rams fans. Support the Rams brothers. And we'll be here for the foreseeable future. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Go Rams.